Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicola Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Roddenverse series. Hello everyone and welcome to The Best Damn Camp, a Roranverse read-long and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Rowden in timeline order. I'm your friendly neighbourhood lesbian author and host, Fran. Welcome to the show. Before I dive in, I just want to let you all know I am very, very sick at the moment. So uh, I apologise for how my voice is going to sound and uh, hopefully it's not going to be too distracting that I sound awful. Uh, but just wanted to put that here because I have no idea how long this is going to sound like and I do pre-record quite a few episodes so you may just hear me being sick for a period of time uh we shall see um gosh anyway (laughs) today we are continuing our timeline journey with the house of hades section entitled don't make me mad which is from pages 345 to 364 as always i have my points to focus on so today we've got trauma characters and generally what i thought of it But for now, let's dive in to the overview. Now, this section is from Percy's POV, so uh, I've made sure to make it sound like it's from Percy's POV in comparison to a previous episode where I got confused and thought it was from Annabeth's POV. (laughs) Anyway, Percy and Annabeth only had a small reprieve before they were on the run again, and now they feel worse than ever. Bob says that's good, though, as it means they're close. And it doesn't take long after that until they reach their goal, Atlas, which I don't think I'm saying right remotely, goddess of misery. And she truly looks like misery, empty eyes, fading limbs, she basically looks like death warmed up, and she has no intention of helping them. With some smart manipulation from Annabeth that convinces misery to help them in some way, they are made to follow her to the death mist. The only thing that will make them invisible as they head to the doors of death. Bob has disappeared because he cannot follow them as he isn't mortal. So for now, they're on their own. Which, as it turns out, doesn't help at all because uh, Misery has no intention of helping them at all. So without Bob, they're kind of screwed because she intends to kill them. Using the power of positive words, they work to distract her but Percy does a little bit too good of a job, and surrounded by her poison, he is in deep trouble. Until the thought of how everything was the opposite here. Lava was liquid and you could drink it. Maybe poison could be used like water. And when he does, his anger soon grows. And he begins to drown the goddess in her own poison. He only stops when Annabeth's terror of him makes him realise what he is doing. Misery runs, and for a brief moment, they're safe, if a little afraid of what he just did. But then, night arrives. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun! And, um, 
Yeah, it's this section, everyone. It's the thing that everyone talks about. Uh, it's Dark Percy, although... I, okay. I never understood why it was called Dark Percy, this section, because as um, it has been discussed previously, Percy has kind of always been a little bit dark. I mean, the, the kid has, like, serious anger problems, and, like, he, he seemingly wants to start a fight with everyone. Uh, it's only kind of, like, darker, because he literally considers... Well, it's actually only darker because he is killing someone in the most horrific way possible. Um, it's not like dark, dark, because he has like killed beings before. It's just scarier this time because of the way he's doing it. Which is uh, where the conversation will go into in regards of trauma. Because, um, yeah, this whole thing is... Tr like, th this whole section of him doing this to the goddess, to me, just feels like his trauma personified. Because this is the first time he takes an almost personal approach to killing a god creature, monster sort of thing, like an enemy. Like, he's literally using his powers to drown her, and then also using her own powers against her. So it's earlier described when we first see her that basically she's never-ending crying, all this sort of thing. Liquid is always coming out of her eyes, her nose, etc. And then he sees that this is coming out of her nose and mouth, etc. And um, he says, great, I can't remember his exact words, but it's something like great more liquid or something like that. And he then imagines all of that liquid coming out of her eyes, nose, mouth, whatever, going back inside her and just starts choking her with her own like what well, basically oh god it's scary um he's basically just pushing all the stuff that's just been coming out back inside her and sending her right back down to the point that she is choking on it uh and it, he's also using the poison that he was she was sending towards him he's sending back toward towards her in like slow waves as well as this and so she is choking not only on the air of the poison surrounding her, but also on the own things of her own body. It's it's very much Harmer from Avatar The Last Airbender. It's just, it is actually really scary to read. And it's also the first time that Percy has ever been cruel. Like, physically cruel to another, like... He does not care about what he is doing right now. And it it is it's literally it's the first time you've seen him be this cruel. And not only is it terrifying to us the reader, it's like very much kinda of like, oh this is cool, but also what the fuck? Um It's incredibly terrifying to Annabeth, who is actually walking away from him, like she's stumbling away from him. She is terrified of him to the point that she is begging him in sobs to get him to stop because she is terrified of what he is doing and what i find really interesting about this is that we kind of like this whole thing here is his trauma in a literal sense like this is years of anger and frustration and bitterness and like all the basically it's like he's dealing with misery and it's all of his misery about everything that's happened to him since he was born basically but even more so since he was 12 and you know learned he was a demigod and everything that came after that this is the years of misery of what's happened there building up that he is sending right back at misery herself 
Like, this boy has had enough. And it's just, it's really quite terrifying, but in a really fascinating way. Because for me, this is like, (laughs) this is what Luke was talking about. And I say this all the time, like, Luke had a point. He went about it in the worst way possible, but he had a point. And there is no clearer example than this. Because this, to me, is an example of what Percy could have become like if, you know, firstly, Luke hadn't gone the, done the wrong thing and tried to kill him. Um, but very much how Percy could have ended up if the gods did... Basically, if the gods were kind of as they were, but he didn't have loyalty to them. And the only reason he has loyalty to them is because Luke kind of messes up a little bit to the be- <laughs> in The Lightning Thief. But anyway... This is how Percy could have been. He could have been this vengeful and rageful through his trauma of what the gods have caused him in his life and what the gods have done to him. Um, And yeah, it's these sort of things where I'm like, yeah, Percy would destroy the world for like what, what the gods... If the gods did something so terrible to him, more so than like if they took away his friends, for example he would do this to them like there's no question about it um because he is uncontrollable in his rage really and this is just an example of it but it's very trauma related and i just i find that slightly fascinating that we're seeing this slightly disappointed because it's never really addressed again um which unfortunately is also a recurring theme with rick's work in general there is never really a uh addressing of the trauma and uh yet these kids need to like the therapy is needed for these group of teens really much like so much so and this is just a really good example of yeah percy needs therapy and he needs it now um but yeah it's just uh it's an interesting scene it's a terrifying scene but it's also an examination of percy's trauma and you know the the explosion of it Um, But speaking of Percy, he is the character I want to talk a little bit more in regards to just characters as a whole, because we learn quite a few interesting things here um, about Percy, and we've been seeing it quite a bit throughout House of Hades in general, is him acknowledging here that he is not skilled in fighting, Um, which I find fascinating, because yes, he shouldn't be. Like, there's this moment where Annabeth so they're like in this smoky stage of like they're near death they're like smoke they can't move he's very sluggish he can't draw his sword all this sort of stuff and he's kind of being attacked easily because he can't move very well whereas Annabeth is able to move so much easier um and all this sort of stuff and he wonders if it's because of their train like she's been training since she was seven um and it's kind of the first well second time I guess in canon where Percy has addressed the fact that he's not the most skilled and he's not spent that much time training um and yeah he hasn't spent much time training uh and he should have because it's it's just it's interesting to have him note this when the actual fact of on the text beyond tartarus there's only been two times of the one where they were facing the vampires and this where he kind of struggled quite a bit of fighting and this is basically the only time he really does struggle uh there are a few moments where where it's like Ares curse affects him 
and then another one he's fighting Luke and he's a little bit rusty but that's kind of it he didn't really struggle at any other time in fighting with his sword because he is a natural fighter quote unquote but he doesn't have incredibly limited sword training natural fighting means nothing if you're not actually training these skills so i just find it really interesting that it's brought up here where they're in basically literal hell uh and then it's not addressed again in general and it's very surface level because yes he has not trained much he's trained only during the summer if that and usually only a couple of weeks at a time because the other times he's on a quest the boy does not have enough actual training. He's got on-the-job training, and even that, but like he doesn't use it that often. <laughs> and that only lasts a couple of weeks out of the year as well. Give the boy proper training, Chiron. God damn it. Um, but what I find specifically fascinating about this is the fact that this is the first time we kind of really see him panic whilst fighting someone in, you know, armed combat. Um, because we don't really see him do that, except when he's in his early stages of, like, in the Lightning Thief, and even a little bit-ish in Sea of Monsters, but he never really is fully afraid when he's fighting with his sword. But in Tartarus, he has been, because he has struggled. And for me, that also kind of leads up to what happens with Misery, because he is fed up, he is exhausted, um, and he was be about to be killed by this goddess as well after nearly being killed multiple times already in the space of like, well, he'd literally only just been poisoned the night, the day before um, and had maybe only a couple of hours sleep and a little bit of food before being poisoned again and nearly dying again. Um, that all this sort of stuff to this thing culminate, I can't say that word, sorry. In this case, it's because I am sick. Um it culminates in his pure rage of him just slowly trying to kill a goddess because he is that mad. Like, he is so furious that, like, he kind of doesn't... St like, Annabeth tells him to stop twice, and he doesn't. And only on the third time does he actually stop. And for me, it just shows that Percy can go that far. And like I said a second ago, or a few minutes ago, whatever... Uh, it kind of gives an idea of how easily he could have become Luke, which I find super interesting because, like, Percy's whole thing is just, like, he never understood Luke. He never got where he was coming from, which I always thought was kind of stupid in narrative because he should have gone where Luke was coming from because that was the only reason why he then said, you've got to recognise your kids. <laughs> but he just... Uh, he should have understood him in other ways as well in regards to, you know, the shit treatment that they get from the gods. But um, just all this rage, this lack of training, the fact that, you know, so much is happening and it is continuously happening to him, that he just never gets a break, um, is just... It's just no wonder he got to this stage where he tried to drown a goddess and nearly succeeded. Like, I'm also just wondering... I know she's in Tartarus, so it means that she's kind of not active as a god but misery does exist in the world what would happen if the misery goddess died i know like there is misery beings in other mythologies and there was that whole thing like earlier in the series of like um you know, like 
every like Ra is the sun god, Apollo is the sun god. They all work in harmony. Even if one goes, the other still exists. Like Pan's dead, uh, but there are other nature gods. So he like nature isn't dead. Um, but I'm kind of intrigued. What would have happened if Percy had killed Misery? Like, what would become of Misery within the Greek pantheon or Roman pantheon? I don't know what mythology is co- she's connected to. Although she talks about Hercules, so maybe Roman, but then also Rick says Hercules in regard to the Greek mythology because that's... It's irritating. Anyway, um, (laughs) it's just... It was a fascinating section. I understand why people love this. Um, And I enjoy seeing Percy being terrifying because, yes, let out the rage, um, but do it in a controlled environment and try not to kill people. Um, because killing is wrong. I know she was trying to kill you, um, so I guess valid that you retaliated. Um, but, um, maybe, maybe go to therapy as well, uh, once you return. Um, because that is what Nico eventually does, and I really hope Percy and Annabeth do as well. And that's kind of all I have to say, because, um, yeah. This is this section is basically trauma incarnate, and I just find that really interesting as someone who has been to therapy many, many times. Um, but that is all I have to say for this section. And um, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. Uh, that's all I've got. So I want to know for this week's question of the episode, how did you feel reading Percy trying to kill a goddess? That'll go up on the social media, so I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts on this. And uh Thank you. I will see you all. Wait, no. I was about to do my YouTube sign off. (laughs) Thank you all for joining me for this week's section. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our Unverse journey. Bye. If you would like to support this podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran to get early access to all Best Damn Camp episodes. If you would like to get involved over on social media, you can find me over at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, from Spotify to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer and anything in between. Be sure to leave a rating and a review as well if you can. Want to know more about my upcoming writing? Drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter. And I'll see, shall I speak to you guys next time. Bye.